said it we believe it he is certainly a man of his word in fact he's a god of his word we welcome you this day as we listen to the voice of jesus christ speak to his prophet in these glorious sections of the doctrine and covenant section 111 through 114 of that same lord and god i testify that i know him he knows me and of him i testify to you he lives today. He rose from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He, every word, every prophecy that was ever declared by any prophet concerning him was fulfilled, for he is our Lord and our God. What a glorious day, another glorious day that the Lord God has created for us. We pray for you every day. We're so grateful for you to be here to listen to God's word. There's nothing better than you that you could be doing at this time in your lives than to sit under the feet and to listen to the voice of Jesus Christ as we will be looking at here in the scriptures today. And of that restoration of the gospel of that prophet Joseph Smith, the Joseph Smith who received these mighty revelations from God, we testify that Joseph Smith indeed was God's prophet. He was God's servant as he is testified over and over dozens of times through the scriptures this year. He has continued to proclaim and declare that Joseph Smith was his servant, that Joseph Smith was his prophet. Of him, we testify. We testify that God has restored and reset up his kingdom upon the earth in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Come, come unto his church. Come into his kingdom of God as it continues to grow. Another seven days since the last time we gave one of these lessons, another seven wonderful days seeing many come unto Jesus Christ, many reach out to the missionaries, many declaring that they want to accept Jesus Christ into their lives, that they want to become a baptized member of his kingdom. They want to receive the blessings of Abraham. They want to receive the blessings that were promised to the people through the prophet Moses. They want us to receive all the blessings that was promised to the people through his prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith. Let's look today at section 111 through 114. There's some mighty great uh, uh, nuggets of truth here in these uh, verses again today. Let's begin in section 111 and we'll look at 1 through 3. I, the Lord your God, am not displeased with your coming this journey, notwithstanding your follies. You remember we've been admonished several times by God in the scriptures not to seek for the riches of this world, but before you seek the riches, seek ye the kingdom of God, then his riches will be added upon you. So to seek out on a journey, to seek out to uh, uh, receive riches, even if you think you're in great debt. No, 
You are to seek the kingdom of God, and then God will bless you and provide for all your means. That's what all the scriptures have, have taught about that. I, I have much treasure in this city for you, but oftentimes God's treasure is not the kind of treasure that humankind look at. We look at uh, currencies, uh, gold, silver. God looks at people. People are his treasures. People are the treasures in heaven. He says, I have much treasure in the city for you for the benefit of Zion and many people in this city whom I will gather out in due time for your benefit of Zion through your instrumentality. Now here he's speaking about Salem, Massachusetts, but he can certainly proclaim that uh, over uh, all the capital cities of the world, all the the towns and villages of the world, throughout every city and town. God has much people there, and we are to seek them out by listening to the Spirit of God, to bring them the Word of God, to bring them the restoration of God's kingdom and church upon the earth. He says in three, therefore it is expedient that you should form acquaintance with men in the city, as you shall be led as it shall be given you. So we are to seek out those in our own cities or wherever we may be or wherever we may go to live in the future or wherever we, we may travel. We are to be led by the Spirit to come across those who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And then we are to declare that message to them so that they can be benefited by God. Let's look now at five through eight. Concern not yourselves about your debts, for I will give you power to pay them. We should never worry about it. Now, we don't know what kind of means or ways that our debts will be will, uh, will be paid by the Lord. It may be in all kinds of different ways. He doesn't tell us, and it may be different for each person. But he says, don't concern yourselves about your debts. I will give you power to pay them. Now, that, of course, is one of the conditional blessings based upon your righteousness and faithfulness in keeping his commandments. Concern not yourselves about Zion, for I will deal merciful, mercifully with her. Carry in this place and in the regions round about, and the place where it is my will that you should tarry, for the main shall be signalized unto you by the peace and the power of my spirit that shall flow unto you. And so we should always seek out the power of the spirit, deciding where we shall move, where we should work, and, and where we should be in our lives. And it, as he has promised us that if we seek his spirit, he will lead and guide us where we should be. Okay, so then let's look at the last verse here in this section, verse 11. Therefore be ye as wise as serpents, and yet without sin, and I will order all things for your good. That includes both bad things and good things, both trials, afflictions, and blessings and happy times. He will order all of these things unto our good, and he desires to bless us, as fast as we're able to receive his blessings. We've looked before 
at Genesis 1-1, the very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God was so excited to bless us, he actually created the heavens before he created the earth. He always wants to bless us as fast as we're able to receive his blessings. So what another great section, section 111. Now let's move to 112. This is a revelation given to Thomas B. Marsh. Thomas B. Marsh was president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He would be next in line to be the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if he had remained faithful, but he does not remain faithful. And uh, it's one of the great tragedies in the church. Now later in the end of his life, luckily he came back to the church, came, came back to the kingdom, and uh, but he missed a lot of great opportunities for service in God's kingdom upon the earth. We have a, a university named Brigham Young University after the church's second president of the church. Well, it could have very easily have been the Thomas, the Thomas Marsh University if he had remained faithful. Let's look at section 112. <clears throat> and we'll begin first with section with verses uh, 1 through 10. There's some great things in here. Verily thus saith the Lord, Ko amar Adonai unto you, my servant Thomas. I have heard thy prayers. What a comforting thing that is. We've seen Jesus do this in several other revelations as well, letting the people know that he is really hearing your prayers, really listening to the thoughts and intents and desires of your heart. Uh, he's really listening that if you're coming unto him, wanting to forsake your sins and repent, and he will definitely, he has heard these prayers and he will bless you accordingly. He says here, I have heard thy prayers and thine alms have come up as a memorial before me in behalf of those thy brethren who were chosen to bear testimony of my name and to send it abroad among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, and ordained through the instrumentality of my servants. So God has always, uh, since the restoration of the gospel, just as he did when he first instituted the church in the New Testament upon his death and resurrection, was to send forth people to go forth and preach his gospel uh, throughout all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. Verily I say unto you, there have been some few things in thine heart, Thomas, and with, 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 and with thee, with which I, the Lord, am not well pleased. So this should be a warning to Thomas that, hey, I can see you're a great servant of mine. I've given you the power and priesthood. I've appointed you an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've appointed you president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Yet I can see some things in you, Thomas, that if you don't take care of these, could indeed lead to apostasy, in which, in fact, he doesn't take care of, and he does go into apostasy for, you know, roughly 20 years. Nevertheless, inasmuch as thou hast abased thyself, thou shalt be exalted. That's the pro promise all the way through the uh, Old Testament. Uh, in the New Testament times, those who humble themselves before God will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves, God will humble. Therefore, all thy sins are forgiven thee. Let thy heart be of good cheer before my face. Now, that's always been a commandment. 
Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, Jesus has always said. And thou shalt bear record of my name, not only unto the Gentiles, but also unto the Jews. And thou shalt send forth my word unto the ends of the earth. Contend thou, therefore, morning by morning, and day after day let thy warning voice go forth, and when the night cometh, let not the inhabitants of the earth slumber because of thy speech. Wow, how glorious that verse is, huh? We've seen that in uh, uh, take place in today's world, right? Where the uh, voice of the 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 word the voice the word of God through the voice of His servants do not sleep; they go forward day and night through modern technology. Modern forms of communication. People are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ preached unto them day and night, and at every hour and at every minute around the world. In this very second, in an hour from now, six hours from now, 12 hours, 18 hours, somebody is hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ at every second. Let thy habitation be known in Zion, and remove not thy house, for I, the Lord, have a great work for thee to do, and publishing my name among the children of men. Therefore, gird up thy loins for the work. Let thy feet be shot also, for thou art chosen, and thy path lieth among the mountains and among many nations. That has always been uh, God's the plan, God's design for his apostles is to preach the gospel among all nations, kindreds, tongues, throughout all the world, giving everyone an opportunity to hear his voice, to hear his word, to hear his gospel before the end shall come, before Christ shall come back to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, all nations shall hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a glorious opportunity it is for all of us to be able to participate in such a mighty mission of the Lord. Eight, and by thy word, many high ones shall be brought low, and by thy word, many low ones shall be exalted. You're to preach repentance, damnation, judgment, misery, woe to those who exalt themselves. To those who are humbled, you are to preach repentance, uh, forgiveness, uh, mercy, uh, God's love, and, and these sort of ideas. Thy voice shall be a rebuke unto the transgressor, and at thy rebuke let the tongue of the slander cease its perverseness. Now this coming from G the mouth of Jesus Christ, the greatest hellfire damnation preacher, in the history of the world, all you have to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see that. As the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, he is the same exact Jesus Christ we have in the New Testament. He's continued 2,000 years later, continues to be the greatest hellfire damnation preacher in the history of the world. It is by voicing the, the forewarning the people of the judgments of God that you can prick their hearts and bring them unto repentance. Love's good to love someone into a, into a church. It brings them, maybe opens the door. But until that spirit convicts them of their unworthiness before God, of their 
wickedness and their abominations before God. It's only then when the Spirit pricks their hearts through uh, judgment, through condemnation, uh, through the voice of warning, that they're able to then have an opportunity to use their free agency to either act on it, repent of their sins, come unto Jesus Christ so he can bless them, or reject Jesus Christ and receive the cursings of the law. In verse 10, this is one of the famous ones. Be thou humble, and the Lord thy God shall lead thee by the hand and give the answer to thy prayers. So again, this is given to Thomas B. Marsh. Thomas B. Marsh, if you stay humble, then the Lord will lead thee and, and, uh, and give the answer to thy prayers. But we know that you have a potential pride issue here that can take you out of the church and indeed will take you out of the church. So he's warning them here again about staying humble so God can bless him. And that verse applies to all of us as well. If we stay humble, the Lord can lead us in our lives and give answer to our prayers. Okay, now let's move on to 11 through 13. I know thy heart. God knows all of our hearts. He knows our, our willingness to serve him. Uh, and, uh, and he will provide the opportunities based on, and give us the blessings according to our hearts. I know thy heart and have heard thy prayers concerning thy brethren. Be not partial towards them in love above many others, but let thy love be for them as for thyself. All the way going back to the Old Testament, love thy neighbor as thyself, Leviticus 19.12, I believe. And, uh, uh, and let thy love abound unto all men and unto all who love my name. And pray for thy brethren of the twelve. Admonish them sharply for my name's sake. When they don't do what's right, you are to rebuke them for my name's sake. And let them be admonished for all their sins. And be ye faithful before me unto my name. Now this next verse, great one for everybody. And after our temptations and after much tribulation. Behold, I, the Lord, will feel that after you, and if they, if you don't harden your hearts and you don't stiffen your necks against me, you shall be converted, and I will heal you. So the promise is not, never has it been given, that we are not to have trials and temptations uh, during our life. In fact, in the premortal council, it was told specifically to us that the idea of coming to the earth was to have trials and tribulations and temptations. But if we remain faithful to the Lord during these periods of time, if we don't harden our hearts, then he will convert us fully unto him. We will be fully converted unto the Lord, and he will heal us. Let's look at 15 through 16. Exalt not yourselves. So again, being warned against this pride that, that they're starting to build up here. Rebel not against my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. Once again, God himself declaring that Joseph Smith was his servant. Joseph Smith was his prophet. In other sections, he calls Joseph Smith his friend. Today, we have a new servant of God. We have the prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. And so rebel not against Russell M. Nelson, God would say here. For verily I say unto you, talking about Joseph Smith, I am with him 
and my hand shall be over him. And the keys which I have given unto him, I have given him the keys of the kingdom, the keys of my church. I've given him the priesthood and authority of God. And also to you, word, also to you, Thomas B. Marsh, is one of my apostles, shall not be taken from Joseph Smith till I come. He is the head of this last dispensation of the gospel, this last period of time before Christ comes back to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Verily I say unto you, my servant Thomas, thou art the man whom I have chosen to hold the keys of my kingdom as pertaining to the twelve abroad among all nations. You, Thomas, you, you are the one that holds this power. If Joseph Smith were to die today, you would become the president of my church, my kingdom, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He had that, and he blew it. 17. That thou mayest be my servant to unlock the door of the kingdom, the to open the door of my kingdom, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in all places where my servant Joseph and my servant Sidney and my servant Hiram cannot come. Look at 20 through um, 22. 20. Whoso receiveth my word, the word that I am commanding you 12 apostles to go forward and teach, the, what, the teachings of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, my kingdom upon the earth, whosoever receiveth my word, my word is preached by the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and whoso will receive... Uh, and whosoever receiveth me receiveth those of the first presidency of my church. Why? Whom I have sent, whom I have made counselors for my name's sake unto you. Why are we to accept the first presidency of the church? Jesus Christ himself declaring that he is called the first presidency to be his counselors. They're not man making decisions for themselves. They're not just man trying to uh, create and run a church. They are the counselors to Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ's church, Jesus Christ's kingdom upon the earth. He calls three, uh, usually three counselors, and he directs them to lead and guide his church and kingdom upon the earth. You cannot receive Jesus Christ and not receive his messengers, his counselors. If you accept Jesus Christ truly, you accept his counselors, his servants, his messengers that he sends on his behalf. And again, I say unto you that whosoever shall send in my name by the voice of your brethren, the twelve, duly recommended and authorized by you, shall have power to open the door of my kingdom to begin the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints unto any nation, whithersoever you shall send them. I'm going to give the gospel to all nations at some point in time in the future. Inasmuch as they shall humble themselves before me and abide in my word and hearken to the voice of my spirit. So a lot of things with God are conditional. So it's conditional upon that they 
that the 12 humble themselves before God, that they abide and continue to keep his commandments, and that they listen to the voice of his spirit. They are not to speak uh, their own opinions. They are to speak only the word of Jesus Christ as revealed through the scriptures of the church, as well as by the voice of the comforter of the Holy Ghost. If they will do that, then they will have the power to begin his church among any nation, whithersoever they shall go. Okay, now we're going to get into judgments again, the great hellfire damnation, Jesus Christ here, pricking people's hearts, bringing them unto him. Here we go. Are you ready? Then 23, verily, verily, remember every time, verily, verily, you know, something powerful is coming. Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness the minds of the people and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. He didn't just say something, right? All mankind have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, here we go. Vengeance cometh speedily. Vengeance cometh quickly upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, a day of weeping, a day of mourning, a day of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, ko amar Adonai, so saith the Lord. Now, if that's not bad enough, where does this Day of wrath, this day of burning, day of weeping, day of mourning, day of lamentation, begin. Who are the lucky recipients to be first in line for the judgments of God? Here we go. And upon my house shall it begin. Upon the wicked and the rebellious members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let that sink into your souls, into your hearts, into your minds, that Jesus Christ here is declaring that his day of vengeance, of misery, lamentation, and mourning will begin upon certain members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, his church. They are the ones first in line because they're sinning against further the greater light. They're sinning against the greater knowledge of God. Therefore, they're held where much is given, much is required. They're being required to have a higher level of righteousness than the world. The covenant people will receive the greatest blessings. They will also receive the greatest curses and the greatest level of damnation. So he says, and upon my house, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it shall begin. And from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. After he's done tormenting and avenging his enemies in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it then begins and goes forth from there through the rest of the world. And we've seen a lot of wickedness lately in the church, a lot of rising up, rebelling and not listening to the prophet, in fact, mocking and criticizing the leaders of the church. They're declaring themselves guilty. They're declaring themselves worthy and the first in line to receive this judgment upon their 
upon them. First, in 26, first among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. So now among the, the wicked members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who then is first among those to receive all these judgments of God? Those who have been to the Holy Temple. Those who went to the temple, professed the name of Jesus Christ, made covenants, sacred covenants with him. They will be the first ones in his church to be condemned, to be a uh, 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 day of burning, to be burned, to uh, weep, to mourn because of their wickedness and their abominations, their failure to follow the leaders of the church, their failure to follow the counsels of Jesus Christ. Powerful, mighty stuff here. So 28. But purify your hearts before me, right? Let's let's escape this mourning and this weeping, and this crying and this desolation and all these horrible things. Let's let us let us avoid that, right? Jesus Christ always warning, but now out of his love, he's saying, Look, I'm a perfect God of justice and judgment and wrath and anger, and those things can come upon you. I'm also a perfect God of love, mercy, and forgiveness. So let's avoid making me be angry and, uh, and uh, ju judgmental in, in these things. And instead, let's receive the good things, the forgiveness, the love of God. So he says, therefore, purify your hearts before me. And then go ye into all the world. And preach my so going back to the 12 here, but you're not to go to the world, but you are to go to your families and preach the gospel. You're to go to your friends and preach the gospel, your acquaintances and preach the gospel. And as you do that, and you go forward into all the world, preach my gospel to every creature who has not received it. Now 29, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Period. I mean, no question about it, right? He said the same thing in the New Testament. He has always said the same thing. Jesus Christ has been saying the same thing for 2,000 years. Those who believe and are baptized shall be saved. Says, and he that believeth not and is not baptized shall be damned. He's warned everybody for over 2,000 years that that is the basic requirement to be saved. And a degree of glory is to be uh, believe in Jesus Christ and be baptized. He says here in 30, For unto you the twelve and those the first presidency who are appointed with you to be your counselors and your leaders is the power of this priesthood given. Once again, declaring as he has done dozens of times throughout the Doctrine and Covenants this year, I have given the priesthood unto you, Joseph Smith, unto you, Sidney Rigdon, unto you, Oliver Cowdery, unto you, Thomas B. Marsh, unto, you know, and you can go on and on. Is the power of, and is the power of this priesthood given for the last days and for the last time. 
and the which is the dispensation of the fullness of times. So this is the last time before Christ finally comes back, as he has always declared and, pro and promised to the prophets and his apostles that he's coming back to reign for 1,000 years as the king of this earth. This is the last time prior to Christ coming back. This is the last time the priesthood is given in these latter days. It will not be given again. This priesthood will continue. We saw that even in the days of the New Testament, in Revelation 12, 6, that they managed to keep the priesthood on the earth for up until the year 570 AD. So over 500 years after Christ came, they were able to keep the priesthood upon the earth even after the time of the apostles and the prophets when they had been killed off and when other inspired men. There were still inspired families and the good patriarchal uh, fathers that passed the priesthood unto their children and their children pass it on to their children. So even, knew, even though the, the, we knew that the earth was going to go into this apostasy and that Christ would take his church from the earth, it still made it 500 years. So in 1830, uh, even worst case scenario, even under the worst case imaginable, this priesthood will continue upon the earth until Christ comes back. We don't know all the things that may or may not happen, and there's no reason to uh, to hypothesize whether this may happen or that may happen. What he's saying here is the power of this priesthood is given for the last days and for the last time prior to Christ coming back. The priesthood was restored to the prophet Joseph Smith in the 1800s. The priesthood remains uh, remained upon the earth in the 1900s. The priesthood will remain upon the earth in the 2000s. And in the 21st century, and however and many other centuries before Christ decides, before the Heavenly Father decides to send Christ back, this priesthood will remain upon the earth. People will be blessed through God's priesthood. The keys of the kingdom have been given to the leaders of the church. It doesn't matter who they may or may not call to serve in those callings. The priesthood will remain with the leadership of the church, as he's saying here. The keys of the kingdom will remain with the leadership of his church. They will pass it on to the next leader and the next leader and the next leader after that until Christ shall come back. There should be no misunderstanding of this glorious doctrine. This is the great uh, doctrine of the restoration and the restitution and the restoration of all things spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets. The priesthood, it is the priesthood. The priesthood would be restored in the latter days. It has been restored. Jesus Christ has declared that it has been restored. It will not be taken from the earth. You can rest assured 100% in that. That to you, if you, as long as you're worthy of receiving the priesthood or be, being blessed by the priesthood, uh, then you will receive such blessings until Christ comes back who is the father of the priesthood. And uh, we'll see how he decides to govern his kingdom when he comes back. But until then, we have no need to worry. And when he comes back, obviously, but Jesus says our king, no need to worry at that time either. He says in 31, which, you, which power you, the 12 apostles hold, in connection with all those who have received 
a dispensation at any time from the beginning of the creation. You, the 12 apostles in these latter days, in the days of Joseph Smith, in the 1900s, in the 2000s, the current ones under the prophet Russell M. Nelson and Dallin H. Oaks and Henry B. Eyring, that they hold the same power, the same priesthood, which was held by those who received the dispensation at any time. With Adam, they shared the same power and priesthood and authority with Adam, with Abraham, with Moses, with Elijah, uh, with uh, Jesus, with Peter and Paul and James. He says here, For verily I say unto you, the keys of the dispensation which ye have received, I have already now received, you've received all the, key, the keys up to this point now in section 112. He says here, They've come down from the fathers, and last of all, being sent down from heaven unto you. We have read about John the Baptist coming forth to bring the Aaronic priesthood, the power and priesthood to baptize on earth and have that baptism recognized in heaven. We read about Peter, James, and John coming forth from the heavens to declare and to uh, grant the Melchizedek priesthood to uh, the earth once again through his servants, the prophet Joseph Smith and other worthy men at that time in the, in the history of the church. We saw Abraham come back and restore his priesthood keys. We saw Moses come back and restore his keys of the kingdom. We saw Elijah come back, restore the great priesthood keys of temple work, of sealing the children to their fathers who have passed on and uh, uh, from the passed on into the spirit world, and, and you know, from children to the fathers, and the fathers to their children, sealing families together to not only be families here on the earth, but to be families forever in the uh, in the heavens to come. We've seen all of these prophets coming back, giving their priesthood and keys to the prophet Joseph Smith and the leaders of the church and Jesus Christ here declaring that this took place, declaring that he orchestrated and he conducted and he coordinated all of these activities since 1820 when the when Joseph Smith at the age of 14 first saw the father and the son in the sacred grove all the way up uh, through this year. This It was 1837. 1837, that during that 17 years, they brought forth all the priesthood keys upon the earth. They've been restored upon the earth. They shall remain upon the earth. They shall not be gone away. There will not be a uh, full apostasy under the worst case situation. There would not be a full apostasy from the truth prior to Christ coming back. Uh, the, the leadership will continue, and the church leadership, the, the leaders, the first presidency, and the quorum of the 12 apostles will continue to hold all the keys necessary to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man upon the earth in these latter days. We have no reason to ever doubt that. The priesthood has been restored. The keys have been restored uh, to the earth. They will not be taken. From the earth, there will not be an apostasy uh, ever again. There will never be an apostasy ever again upon this earth. He says here in uh, 33, Verily I say unto you, Behold, 
How great is your calling? It's a magnificent calling to be the bearers of the priesthood, to be uh, those who hold the keys of the kingdom of God upon the earth, to direct God's affairs upon the earth. But behold, how great is your calling. Cleanse your hearts and your garments, lest the blood of this generation be required at your hand. Be faithful until I come, for I come quickly. It's been two days, remember, in uh, Peter. And Peter says in his epistle that one day, uh, it, you know, the Lord is into a thousand years on this earth. So it's been 2,000 years. It's only been two days, right? Christ is going to come quickly, right? He's going to come within two to three days, right? He's, he's coming, maybe may several hundred more years from now, but that's still within another day. And so therefore, I'm coming back. I'm coming quickly. It's only gonna, I'm only gone for the weekend, guys. I'm, I'm only gone. I may take a three-day holiday weekend, but I'm, I'm gone only for the weekend, and I'm coming back quickly. And my reward is with me to recompense every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Even so, amen. And in section 113, is some great questions here about uh, the uh, writings of Isaiah. Uh, we learn about the uh, prophecy of the prophet Joseph Smith here in verse 5. What is the root of Jesse spoken of in the 10th verse of the 11th chapter? Behold, Koamar Adonai, it is a descendant of Jesse as well as of Joseph, unto whom rightly belongs the priesthood and the keys of the kingdom, and for an ensign and for the gathering of my people in the last days. Glorious prophecy of the prophet Joseph Smith, spoken of by Isaiah here. And uh, so that will uh, end at uh, here, verse, uh, section 114, great lesson. Those who fall, uh, for, you know, those who are leaders of the church and who commit sin and fall, God always has a backup plan. He will always bring in those who can immediately replace them to continue to further the advance of his kingdom upon the earth. What a great lesson once again this is as we've listened. If he said it, we believe it. Jesus Christ, we just read the words of Jesus Christ in these sections today. We will exercise great simple faith that he said it and therefore we believe it. He is a man of his word. His promises never fail. They shall all be fulfilled. He loves us with all his heart and mind. He loves us so much. He was willing to die for us. Maybe go forward with that same testimony and to bless those we come in contact with, bless our families, our friends, so that they may know that God lives today, that Jesus rose from the dead. He sits in the heavenly mansions of his father. He is soon coming back within the next day of his time, which can be up to a thousand years. Jesus Christ will come back. He will reign as our king. He will reign as our Lord. He will reign as our God. He desires to bless the faithful with what the eye hath not seen, nor the ear heard, neither hath even entered into the heart of man. The great things he has prepared for those who love him, for those who want to become a baptized member of his church and kingdom upon the earth, the church that he has declared dozens of times, 
to be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We welcome you with arms wide open. Come, come, he that is a thirst, come. He that loves the Lord, come. Come to the bridegroom. Come into his church. Come into his, into his fold. We will leave once again in the uh, description of this video a link to contact the missionaries. For those of you who are not yet members, just click on that link. Let them know that you are ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your God, as your Savior, that you want to exercise faith in him, that you want to repent of your sins, that you want to become a baptized member of his church and kingdom upon the earth, that you want to receive the marvelous gift of the Holy Ghost. God loves you. We pray for you every day. We testify that the things we have declared once again this day are true. They are the words of God. They are the power of God, the word of God, and they are scripture. We so leave our witness, our testimony with you this day and ask God to bless you with the things that you need in your life to be happy, to be healthy, to be successful in God's way. And we pray for these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.